0: The following podcast contains strong language, adult themes, and sexual content. Viewers be advised, this show is rad.
1: Loosely Canon Podcast does not own any of these stories or properties. All characters and stories shared on this show are fictional, and any likeness to real people or situations are coincidental. You know, I'm going to be honest with you. You don't know that many Post Malone songs. I know one (laughs) Post Malone song.
0: Back to Loosely Canon, a podcast that just like Emotep keeps it juicy. I'm your host, Andrew, and with me as always is my co host. It's Q. My co
1: host. That's that's me. That's me, Q. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, We're back this week. We have not a new fanfic, but we have the conclusion to the saga, um, the one we've been enjoying reading. We're going back to Gay Refrain's Echoes of Stars. This is going to be the final part, the penultimate episode. For it, I'm excited to see how the fanfic takes the ending and conclusion of this movie And just kind of how it goes uh, We had some interesting developments last time we did this, right Q? We had uh, a couple more insights to characters uh, we, we established that Jonathan and Ardeth are uh, apparently fated to be soulmates
1: Yeah, yeah We also found out that Imnotep is unironically our favorite character now
0: yeah, uh Emotep is unironically hot and fucks, canonically. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh, we even uploaded it. By the way, guys, if you haven't yet, check out our Twitter where we have uploaded several pictures of Emotep. It has essentially become our Emotep appreciation blog. We have a new understanding of the story, and we're really enjoying it. You want to remind me what happened last time where we left
1: off? Because I know you pay attention to the things I say. What happened last time is we were at that scene where Imnotep is taking Evie. Yeah? Yes. Okay, good. And he's taking her back to the Hominoptera so he can perform a ritual to bring back his lost love. And Rick is going to go after her.
0: Yeah. Uh, so the mob kind of swarms them. Um, <laughs> the librarian dies off screen. Uh, they, they escape through the sewers and now we are picking up... Where they're gonna try and rescue her. So, um we already know all the backstory on this. We already know everything. Once again, guys, if you haven't rewatched it yet, go rewatch the mummy. It's a fun time.
1: Also go back and rewatch the last two episodes we did over the mummy. Yeah, they're give a it good they're yeah, a good time. Yeah, give it
0: another listen because you may also have forgotten what happened last, uh like someone else. <laughs>
1: Uh, I didn't forget. It was very clear to those who are paying attention to our edited and cut audio <laughs> <laughs> that I remembered exactly what happened.
0: Yeah, we we didn't pull up any wiki pages over here. We weren't scrolling through the fic or anything like that. We we got it. Are you ready, Q? I'm ready. All right. The final part of Echoes of Stars by Gay Refrain. Hamunaptra, 1926 A.D. Jonathan didn't have strength. Really? Well, he didn't have muscular strength. He considered himself strong in his mind and heart. He was, after all, a Carnahan. They weren't much warriors. They preferred books and adventures without the dirty work. So that was why he was content to let O'Connell, the Magi warrior, his potential soulmate, be the ones to do the heavy lifting. Plus, he might have fractured something in his arm when the plane went down. You know, I I like how he's uh, Jonathan's. Like, yes, I am strong of mind and heart. And in every single scene in the movies, I think he is like perpetually crying and running away.
1: Uh, yeah, he doesn't really seem super like strong in heart. I I again, I don't remember the the final two movies, so I don't I, I don't know how his character ends up. But in the first film, yeah, he's not he's not the strongest.
0: I liked how in the second film, like the very first scene, the immediate first scene of the film where Jonathan is uh, is in the film, he is captured by the villains and immediately spills everything they want to know. In fact, he's like, yeah, sure, you can take everything in this house that I totally own and it is not Rick and Evie's. Uh, <laughs> he, he does not... He, The the moral uh, backbone of him is, like, dubious. Like, he's essentially Benny, but uh, not actively trying to screw people over.
1: If you were so strong in mind, why did you need to grab your sister in order to solve this hominoptera puzzle? Exactly.
0: I'd take those bigger stones first, he suggested as the other two kept pulling the rocks out of their way. This was his only way to help, but he was damn sure going to try. Take them from the top, otherwise the whole thing will cave in on us. Come on, put your backs into it. They both stopped what they're doing and turned around to glare at him, out of breath. Honestly, his potential soulmate looked kind of attractive, all sweaty. Okay, he needs to calm
1: down. <laughs> Bro, you're a little thirsty, too.
0: Yeah, he, he's like, oh, damn, the sweat's glistening right off his face tattoos. Mm. Jonathan's like, I, I, I don't know what to say. And Ardeth's just going to look at him and he's like, what else can I say but... We made it. Yeah, we made it. Yes, well, you've got the idea, he said, trying to focus on the fact this was not some sort of date and instead a rescue mission. Chop, chop. Jonathan decided to make himself useful and explore as he looked around the lost city. He heard a squeal from his left side that caught his attention. Bug-shaped gemstones littered the walls and this insatiable need took over. I say he murmured to himself and held one in his hands. It had a density to it, and it shined effervescently in the glow of the torches. Even though they were insects, they had a beauty to them. Gents, you should come have a look at this, he told them, albeit absently. He cocked his head as he studied the stone, trying to place how much money it would earn him. Suddenly, an actual bug broke out of it like a chicken breaking out of an egg. It skittered like nails on tiny chalkboard, and then it just entered his hand yeah so this is obviously this is obviously how uh the warden
1: yes yes the warden died, this, this
0: yeah. is how he died and uh ironically it's the same way because he's just like "Ooh, pretty
1: <laughs> well he was trying to steal them yeah
0: what kind of what kind of trap is that like and how did they even put him in the walls without like activating them you know like
1: it was it's definitely some sort of like magic mummy sorcery
0: Everything I have learned says this is exactly how scarabs work.
1: Yeah, scarabs are just dung beetles. I don't, I mean, I mean, I don't mean to break your, uh, your your whole aesthetic here, but your whole idea of what a scarab is. Scarabs and quicksand, both menaces to society. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Jonathan screamed out in pain as he felt the bug invade his arm. What? O'Connell's voice was just a whisper in his ear, too distracted by watching the lump of skin that contained a scarab. He read too much about those bastards to think this was a good thing. Crawl up his arm holy fuck he was about to vomit <laughs> finally he realized he had to answer them it's my arm it's my arm he held out his arm the soulmate sang dark against his pale skin he wondered if our death saw them for a moment until the goddamn bug kept moving o'connell ripped at his shirt and if jonathan were a lesser man he'd blush at his state but since he's about to be destroyed by a bug he could deal <laughs> i'm i'm glad he's like you know what this is embarrassing, but seeing as I'm potentially about to die, I'll, I'll let it slide. It's fine. You can look at my arm. He shrieked a gasp as the scarab protruded from his shoulder. That was definitely distracting. <laughs> Once again, he's about to die, and it's just like, oh, wow, this is this is really bothersome. Oh, oh, oh my lord.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Do something, he begged. He didn't want to die, especially not like this. Do something. Ardeth grabbed him roughly and pulled him flesh against him. He might have made a joke to distract himself, but then O'Connell pulled out a pocket knife. Not that, not that, he begged. He hated sharp things. Couldn't handle them. He grunted out in pain as the American dug the scarab out of his flesh and flung it into the sand.
1: I hate sharp things, too. The only sharp thing that I really enjoy is sharp cheddar. Yeah, fun
0: fact. Fun fact for the podcast. You know, we'll, we'll put that on things. Q likes... Sharp cheddar cheese.
1: I can't have it all that much because I am lactose intolerant. So that's another fun fact about Q. All
0: right. We've 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 learned two today. So if you're ever in a situation where someone's going to murder you and your family, if you don't know facts about Q and they say, what's well, something Q really loves, but also can't have too much of some, but not a
1: lot. Sharp cheddar cheese. You're welcome. Your family's going to live. Pretty much any cheese, honestly, but... Sharp cheddar's pretty good. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I Sharp cheddar's more of like a, like a put it on your food. Other kind of cheeses are more like eat it by itself.
0: I don't know. The sharp cheddar seems a little, I don't want to be rude, but basic. You can go fuck yourself, bro. <laughs>
1: I put sharp cheddar on my burgers, bro.
0: No, you put Swiss on your burgers.
1: That's true, because I can have Swiss. You who once stood for morals.
0: Now look at you. <laughs> You'll say yes to anything. Ardeth threw Jonathan behind him as the bug kept moving. Immediately, he felt protected. And his soulmate sang burned with an all new feeling. Hopefully not scarab related. So he let himself hold on to the man as O'Connell shot the bug. Probably actually the shit from the scarab on his arm, probably. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: what's burning it up.
0: <laughs> Jonathan and Ardeth shared a look and the burn simmered to a tingle and then disappeared entirely as they stepped away. They had work to do. After getting chased by the undead priests, they were locked in a room with Horus to find the book of Amun-Ra. Thankfully, Ardeth had torn off some of his robes to protect his wrist, but unfortunately, they were far from the treasure in the main room. Is that like saying his arms are the treasure?
1: I don't know, but I think... I,
0: I love the idea of, of Ardeth just pulling off his like sleeves and being like, no, nah, we got the real treasure. This is what the <laughs> gods made.
1: I'm, I am a little confused at that uh, statement, because he t- they were talking about the scarabs... I don't remember the undead priests coming in. So did we just skip a bunch of time? Is that what happened?
0: So yeah, I, th- I think this is a, is a little bit later when um, Imhotep activates like the undead like servants of his, which I guess are just like lowercase mummies. You know, like they're still undead but they're beatable.
1: They're like skeletons in D and D. Yes. Okay.
0: Or zombies in Strahd, If we got any D and D fanatics in the. Uh... Yeah, in our audience.
1: Any, we got any D&D fans? Another fun fact about Q. <laughs> Q loves D&D.
0: <laughs> uh, another small fact. We both love D&D. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> One door was closed, thanks to Dynamite. But Jonathan could hear Emotep's priest drawing near, but he refused to be unhelpful and find another bug again. So he helped O'Connell pull out the statue as Ardeth locked and loaded. Damn, these guys just don't quit, do they? O'Connell snarled. Before Jonathan could agree, Ardeth cocked the gun in his hands. Keep digging. Trusting him, both he and O'Connell unearthed the book as Ardeth shot at any approaching priests. But soon, they started to mob. Now it's like they're a flash mob. They're just like dancing off in the corner.
1: For some reason, you said mob and I heard mosh. And I'm, I just thinking of them in like, in like a giant mosh pit, like. <laughs> E-mo-tap,
0: E-mo-tap. E-mo-tap exactly save the girl the magi said turning to them jonathan looked up kill the creature with that he ran into the fray by the way the most badass part of the whole movie where he's just like guys you go on ahead i'm gonna handle all these guys
1: <laughs> yeah. these guys are persistent are not they i guess i'm just gonna have to continuously kill them for the next 30 <laughs> minutes of this movie <laughs> off screen
0: Stop, there's too many of them. He's like, it'll finally be a fair fight. (laughs) (laughs) Jonathan hesitated, and ache inside him, urging him to help him. But O'Connell was already going on with the plan. At a loss for words, for perhaps the first time in his life, the last thing he heard Ardeth say was, What are you waiting for? Get out! Get out! As priests surrounded him, O'Connell
1: pulled him away from his soulmate.
0: And that's where Ardeth dies.
1: Yes, Ardeth Ardeth does... Doesn't come back at all. This this major
0: character has died off screen, or off page, and he will never be heard from again.
1: Yep, so tragic.
0: It's it's really, it, it is heartbreaking because it feels like we just keep going in circles with Jonathan, our death. They don't make progress, it's just circles. And they gotta run away. Run away.
1: You know, I'm gonna be honest with you. You don't know that many Post Malone. Songs. I know one <laughs> Post Malone <laughs> song. Uh, and it's not—it's not that I don't like Post Malone. I—I just—I don't. I guess I just don't listen to Post Malone on my at my free time.
0: Jonathan's gonna go out and start growing a lemon
1: tree. I take your word for it. And,
0: okay. All right. Fine. Uh, we're gonna listen to more Post Malone after this episode. Apparently. Hominoptera, nineteen twenty-six A.D. I believe it's still the same day. Yeah, 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 yeah. the same yeah. day. Even as she was chained by Imhotep, face-to-face with Anuksunamen, and was about to be used for sacrifice, as soon as she heard the first gunshot ring out in the tombs of the Hominoptera, she knew that Rick O'Connell was coming for her, and it gave her strength. Yeah, it'll be coming for her, all right.
1: Ew! Oh.
0: Even as her idiot brother didn't know how to translate stork. Stork? Oh, oh. I thought it was a language. <laughs> like, he didn't speak stork. Like... <laughs> <laughs> scraw yeah it's like <laughs> he just said it's a quarter past five and jonathan's like what are the fu- what are you talking about
1: <laughs> you're crazy
0: she knew they'd save her so when they appeared at the top of the stairs with the book she was pleased and unsurprised to find herself correct later after a massive battle evie stood with her brother and her soulmate as she watched the mummy's body get submerged in the water what Okay, so we just skipped the whole no, fight. No.
1: Yeah, we skipped the whole fight. No, Emotep, come back. <laughs> he'll be juicy in heaven. It's okay.
0: I, I, I'm pretty sure they don't. He is not going to heaven.
1: <laughs> again, Emotep, he's never going to return ever again.
0: But yeah, no, never again.
1: He's dead. He's gone. He's never going to
0: return. He'll never be back. Here at Lucy Cannon, we are a firm believer that the Mummy does not, in fact, return <laughs> 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 before he turned into a skeleton. Imhotep whispered in ancient Egyptian, death is only the beginning, which he translated for them.
1: That's kind of, they didn't need to know that.
0: He's like, yeah, foreshadowing.
1: Did he say it in stork?
0: (laughs) Imhotep, slowly dissolving into the water, turning into a skeleton, looked at Evie and said, also, uh, are there storks in Egypt? Yeah, I believe there's like herons. Um, like spoonbills or something similar
1: if there's no storks i mean I, I don't know anything about egypt but if there's no i mean i know a lot about egypt but do you, i don't do you know want to solve about that the birds of egypt see if you can google real quick what a hieroglyphic stork means so it says here the white stork does migrate across egypt yeah so they see them they know about them what does the
0: word stork mean like you can look up like hieroglyphics real quick give me that rosetta stone so if you gave me money uh we, we have the meaning right in front of us if you said hey Andrew, what do you think a stork means in ancient Egyptian hieroglyphics? My first guess probably would have been it means literally a bird. Like, it's like, hey, look, there's a bird. There's a stork. That would have
1: been my first guess, yeah.
0: Apparently, uh, the stork hieroglyph means transcendence upon death. Uh Uh-huh. And (laughs) it's apparently
1: an untranslatable concept, uh, Transcendence upon death. Maybe that is literally exactly what the mummy did. Death's only the beginning. Ooh. He literally spoke stork at her. Yeah, I don't know if Kate Refrain planned this. I, I think she did, but it is literary genius.
0: And the fact that it's an untranslatable concept, and he and Evie's like Jonathan doesn't know what it means. That's like <laughs> I don't think you do either, the Evie. Fucking idiot. He doesn't know an untranslatable concept. How dare he? <laughs> then the walls started to shake and lower. She tried to remember a reading, any reading, to see if they could beat this. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of, it's like, the walls are closing in. Oh, God. What was that one book I read?
1: <sighs> Dictionary? No. Thesaurus? Mm. To kill a mockingbird. No, that no, only no, works no. for mockingbirds. Oh,
0: how to escape ancient Egyptian... Death Traps.
1: That's the one. That's the one we were thinking of. Yeah, yeah.
0: By R.L. Stein. (laughs) (laughs) But O'Connell just said, time to go, and tugged her away, holding her hand. Honestly, probably the best course of action.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to figure out what book I need in this situation. If you just give me five to ten minutes. It just occurred to me. Run.
0: Wow. Genius. Probably the best course of action. Plus, his hand was oddly soft and coarse in the right ways, and the saying on her ribs felt like it was serenading. She kind of wished it would calm down during this hectic moment, but it was too much of a pleasant feeling for her to really mind. All three of them ran, even though she tried to salvage the book, as sand closed in around them. They ran through the Room of Gold, this time having to rescue Jonathan as they ran up the steps. O'Connell's hands kept going for hers as they ran, and she let it anchor her, After all she'd seen in the past few days, that smarmy bastard Benny kept calling for them, but they had to leave him behind. Good riddance, honestly, as cruel as it was. Did they hear Benny in the the actual movie?
1: I thought Benny just dies in a random room. I don't remember. I For some reason, I feel like he did call out to them, and and Rick tried to save him, but he couldn't make it under, and so he had to find a, try to find another way out.
0: I remember Benny is actually the one who causes the whole thing to fall down because he's like, trying to take gold out. Yeah. And there's some random-ass lever, which apparently he pressed down on. <laughs> causes the whole place to sink. It's <laughs> just in a random spot. Which I... I want to see them cover that on like, if that was a real thing, I'd love to see them cover that on like, you know, like the History Channel or whatever. And they're like, the ancient Egyptian architecture, so uh, astounding and uh, structurally safe, except for one random switch they put at random spots in the structure, which would cause it to all crumble and fall apart. (laughs) They fled the tombs in the buried city, but things weren't much better up above. The columns collapsed above them and the ground disappeared below them. Just barely, they were able to keep just out of the sand's grasp, running with everything they had. The sound was deafening behind her as the city destroyed itself. The librarian in her crumbled at the loss of all the artifacts in the Book of Amun-Ra that she'd never get to read. At the caves and tombs she'd never get to explore. Aw, oh, that's sad. She's sitting there like, man, my, my life's work to find this place, and it's sinking and destroying all these dead people's final resting places that I could poke around at and take things from.
1: Yeah, such a such a British way of thinking of things. Oh, uh, the stuff that was rightfully mine. <laughs> <laughs> We're not, It's not going to go well in our
0: UK audience. <laughs> I'm sure they have a wonderful sense of humor about the sun definitely setting on their empire. <laughs> <laughs> but as they turn back around, Rick at her side, and all of them still alive, she couldn't regret anything. Except maybe reading the Book of the Dead in the first place. <laughs> yeah, why did you read the scary book? It's kinda like in like Evil Dead. By the way, Q has tried to get me into Evil Dead. Well Why why do people why do people fuck with that book? They see a book that's like got like dried skin and like the face of someone on it, and they're like, This looks like a good read.
1: Um, I think if I'm remembering it correctly from the original film, I think they just found it in like the basement of a random shack. As they're, you like, do. they're like, ah, I wonder what this is. Oh, it's, it's the Necronomicon. Okay, yeah. I don't know what necro means, but hey,
0: let's read it. I'm a teenager in the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> then she remembered the Medjai who had worked with Curator Bay and how she hadn't seen him in the city. Was he lost beneath the sands? Did he not join them at all? But he was the one who spoke her brother's sayings. He couldn't have. Evie moved to turn to her brother to express her condolences when Jonathan suddenly screamed beside her.
1: I didn't realize the curator's last name was Bay, so they're related. Oh,
0: oh no. He watched his, like, uncle, uncle or something <laughs> die yeah. in front of him. I immediately thought uncle. Damn. Did he die with honor? Uh, he got ripped apart by a horde of mindless, uh, mind control Sick fans. Yeah. Yeah. His, yeah. La- his last words were, Ah! No!
1: Stop! <laughs> Please save me! You have enough time! <laughs> Please, I can see you. There's there's time. Ah! This this sounds like me when I'm playing Apex. (laughs) Save (laughs) me. You have enough time.
0: Outside Hominoptera, 1926 AD. Ardith saw the trio leave the city of Hominoptera, relieved that all of them were alive. He never forged bonds with people outside the Medjay in his village, but he was grateful he had. He kept off to the side to watch the city and all evidence collapse in on itself but also to make sure they would have assistance if they needed it. But, as he suspected, they seemed to be doing well on their own. The sun beat down on him as he sat atop a camel, who was certainly no Amenhot. His body aching and sore and quite possibly bleeding from his battle with the priests. But he was mostly worried about the state of his soulmate. Absently, he pulled down his sleeve to look at the words once again, You're not going to kill us. I just want to say for a second, I like how... I, I think this this uh, internal monologue reveals that it's like he literally beat up the undead priests, and then was like, "All right, I'm done with that. I'm gonna walk away now. Yeah. I am going to leave."
1: Uh, I you know if there's one not really criticism but one thing I wish Gabe Frank had added into this story. Is his fight with the priest. So that probably would have been the coolest thing.
0: That fight would have been badass. Would have been
1: dope as fuck.
0: I want to see him like doing like suplexes and. (laughs) (laughs) It's the people's elbow! I want him to shoot a a mummy without looking at it. Because he knows.
1: Yeah, because he just knows that. Yeah.
0: Looking back, Ardeath had always assumed the saying was a source of struggle.
1: what now, since you showed it to me yesterday and now i'm thinking of the fight as that fight with dante and all those guys It's <laughs> <laughs> just like what, what was the line uh
0: this party's getting crazy <laughs> this
1: party's getting crazy
0: let's rock <laughs> uh yeah i've been trying to get q into devil may cry and uh i think i'm succeeding. <laughs> Ardeath had always assumed the saying was a source of struggle, something that had caused him ostracization that he fought for years. But it had become a question that turned into a promise. But he couldn't promise more than safety. He watched them catch their breath for a moment and brought his sleeve back down to cover the Kalmathur. But he needed to report back to the rest of the Medjai, and they probably needed to get out of the desert. So he touched his soulmate. Jonathan screamed and flailed backwards in shock, and Ardeth tried and succeeded to hold back his amusement. Thank you, Jonathan said, a note of humor and sarcasm in his voice as he clutched his heart. Thank you very much. Ardeth didn't have time to deal with his jokes and said sincerely, you have earned the respect and gratitude of me and my people. Yes, well, it was nothing, Jonathan said as Evelyn smiled at him and Rick just nodded. It seemed to represent them all quite well. May Allah smile upon you always. He bid them farewell, kissed his hand, touched his forehead, and passed it to them. Jonathan vaguely repeated in the same gesture, mumbling, Yes, to you as well? If he didn't know better, the man seemed nervous. Perhaps it was all that had happened in the past few days. I like that. It's like, he seems nervous. It's almost like, within the last two days, an undead scourge has arisen. Cairo was set literally on fire.
1: The scourge brought with him the plagues of Egypt. His uncle was
0: ripped apart in a crowded street by... uh,
1: By a bunch of mindless sycophants.
0: Yeah, by a bunch of mindless sycophants. And he then apparently just 20v1'd a bunch of undead zombies. And he's like, he seems a little shaken up. I wonder why. Maybe it's because of me. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I'm just that damn good looking. Our death lingered one moment to look at the couple that O'Connell and Evelyn had become over the short time before one last look to Jonathan. He spent that moment lamenting what could never be between the two of them, for he was a Magi, sworn to his people, and Jonathan had his own commitments as well. While soulmates were destined, they weren't always destined to be.
1: Oh.
0: Well, that's just sad.
1: Yeah, for real. I thought that was more, I thought it was more of like, yeah, you're destined to be with this person.
0: Because he couldn't give himself to them, to Jonathan, anymore, afraid of what he'd do, he left them.
1: Sad of trouble,
0: O'Connell called, and Ardeth smirked to himself before it fell off his face as he headed toward his camp. At least Hominopter was buried, at least Imhotep was destroyed, and while there was potential for both to return, he knew that was the important thing, not him being with his soulmate.
1: Is he saying the mummy could quite possibly return?
0: That's crazy talk.
1: Yeah, that doesn't make any sense at all. The mummy returning? What? Yeah, where do you, where do you get off, Ardeth?
0: <laughs> I want to know your sources.
1: <laughs> Tell me the book. Tell me the book you read.
0: I do kind of like. I do kind of like them. Like literally referring to the line of like the title of the movie and the story. It's like in Star Wars. It's like if like Luke's got his hand cut off and he's just sitting there, laying, He's like. Man, damn, the, the Empire really struck back.
1: Yeah. <laughs> or when like, Obi-Wan dies, he goes, Don't worry, Luke, you are a new hope. <laughs> Spoiler for a movie that happened in the 70s.
0: The Genotians and Jango Fett are just looking up at the giant like, clone brigade coming in. They're like, Holy shit, it's an attack of the clones. <laughs> <laughs> Cairo. 1926 A.D. So this is interesting. This is an event that happens after the movie because the movie ends where we just stopped.
1: Yeah. When Ardeth rides away like the hero, that's when the movie's done. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, I also like how it's like, by the way, our heroes are left in the middle of a desert with no supplies or anything.
1: But they have camels that appeared out of nowhere. But they
0: have each other and camels.
1: Jonathan doesn't have his soulmate, so. Was
0: it, was it John Lennon who said, all you need is love?
1: I don't I don't even know who that is. Isn't he the guy who killed all those people in Russia? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you know the Beatles. It was John Lennon, Joseph Stalin, <laughs> Trotsky.
1: <laughs> oh no. We oh all no,
0: live in a little red submarine. Oh
1: no, he's the guy from CNN, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Rick sat on Evelyn's bed as the woman in question paced in front of him. You're going to burn a rut in the floor, he told her, and the place is already damaged enough. She paused just enough to fix him with a glare. I honestly don't know what to do, she continued, hands twisting in front of her as he kept pacing. The city's in shambles, and it is completely our fault. Your fault. I'm glad that we're allocating blame right now.
1: I mean, she did read from the book. All Rick did was look good and kick ass.
0: That, that is true. Rick is blameless. And the library is still a disaster. I never did quite clean up like I was supposed to. There's no curator. There are funeral services to arrange. Jonathan found his soulmate and lost him. And she started to breathe uneasily. And Rick felt his heart clench at the side of her so unnerved. And he felt bad for teasing her. I like how her main complaint is. Oh no, those 24 bookshelves that I flung down at the beginning of
1: the movie. They're still not back up. They're still not back up. I mean slightly less relevant there's dead people and even less relevant my brother can't get laid i have to inform people that their family members are dead
0: but also those books are still on the floor (laughs) easy easy that that is a lot he assured her as he gently grabbed her hands to sit her down beside him she finally seemed to relax if only a little bit while he could still practically hear her heart thumping she rested her head against his shoulder that's a lot to think about, he agreed once more, letting his thumb trail over the back of her hand. But it is getting late. Maybe we should worry about this after rest. We did defeat a mummy today. She tilted her head to look up at him. There's that we again, she said softly. He flashed a grin at her and kissed at her face. What? What? He kissed at her face. Kissed
1: at her face. He's like, mm. she's Rick, like, she's like, wait, Rick, that's not that's not my lips. That's it's, that's my eye. Yeah. <laughs>
0: He's like, doesn't matter. Still hit it, <laughs> Rick. That's my chin. <laughs> wait,
1: Rick, are, are you blind? You've been you've been shooting guns all day. Are you blind?
0: I have been doing very very lucky guessing. <laughs> I thought you were Jonathan earlier. <laughs> <laughs> The two of them had washed up, bandaged up, and changed into their sleep clothes. But he could feel this static energy within them all. You know, she said, drawing out the words, their faces inches apart. We never did make it official. Are you asking for my hand in marriage, Miss Carnahan? He murmured. She shoved at him, laughing. Good. That's exactly what he had wanted. I want to see my words. Your words. Our words, I guess. She stammered out, a blush rising in her face. Because he knew she'd had a hard day, he resisted his natural instinct to give her a bit of a hard time.
1: Because she's had a hard day. Yeah. Uh, Understatement of the fucking century. Yeah, once again. I mean, those books. Those books. They never got put back up.
0: To be fair, I think that one was a week ago. Which also, they've been on the floor for a week and you're saying no one's picked them up. (laughs) I'm not saying everything's back, but now even one person's like, oh man, I work here. I should probably... And he was like, nope, not my problem. Keeping his eyes locked on hers, he slowly unbuttoned his nightshirt and shrugged it off, letting it fall to the floor. Her hotel room was already a mess, and he honestly had better things to worry about. Rick took her hand and placed it by his shoulder, finally breaking the eye contact so that his words faced her. This is the man you stole it from. She repeated the words as her fingers traced over the lines of the words. Is it wrong to be grateful that my brother pickpocketed you? Yes. She shoved at him once more, but did give him a smile when he turned back around. Before he could ask, the blush in her cheeks flared up once more. Without a word, she slid the sleeves of her nightgown down. Rick swallowed the sudden tightness in his throat and watched as she shielded herself, except the words. Yeah, yeah, because he ain't going to see the rest. Nope. And who's the broad? He repeated his words again, staring at the way they stood out against her skin. Well, he trailed off. She's an amazing, intelligent, powerful woman who knocks the breath out of me every day. And then she beamed, and it was sunlight. And he knew in that moment he would fight a million mummies for her every day just to keep her with him.
1: And, I read, you read, and then she beamed, and I'm like, wait, is she like some sort of superpowered? like she's fucking Captain Marvel over here? She
0: then released her powers and glowed <laughs> with the power of a, a bright sun and burned all the skin off of Rick's body. It was
1: only then do we realize... She is (laughs) Amin
0: There is nothing after that uh, paragraph ends, but I'm going to add, and then they fucked.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was obvious that's where it was going, yeah.
0: And then they boinked. They
1: boned.
0: And someone might assume that's the end of our story, but no, we got one more little bit.
1: Also, um, just a little side note, in the other movies i think they have a child so right
0: yes they do definitely have a child uh he is Maybe two he is slightly annoying
1: is he a little bit uh is he is it is, is he played by uh i don't know who plays him sorry
0: <laughs> he was played by a child actor and uh as we know child actors in the early 2000s uh no hate but yeah not usually the best
1: well it's almost like the directors literally pointed at the camera at them and like hey do annoying stuff <laughs> like oh, okay it's like almost that every director in the 2000s never had children so they just assumed children just did annoying things all day i want you to slow down the plot to a crawl right now
0: <laughs> cairo 1926 ad we have one more part of our story it had been one week since hominoptera and things were finally starting to settle cairo wasn't exactly normal again but it was getting there Evie had made herself at home in the library with Rick at her reluctant side as she reorganized her disaster in the museum.
1: I love how she just stayed and changed the, like, cleaned up the museum. Not the flaming buildings in Cairo. The, the books
0: are the real loss. That she caused. Also, in books. my mind, she did list the things in order. I like to think she's like, okay, I'm going to organize the museum and then I'm going to call about the funerals. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm going to tell next of kin That their family members are dead But, but these books
0: but, but don't worry I reorganized the museum
1: Yes the museum books are Why safe. are you crying
0: <laughs> Jonathan was happy for them He really was His sister as insufferable as she was Deserved happiness And apparently the American was giving it to her
1: He was giving it to her Good, Uh huh <laughs> you know uh-huh.
0: Plus Rick O'Connell made for a good drinking buddy but he couldn't help but feel down even though they had some treasure he was right back where he started drunk ridiculous and alone granted he now had gold to spend but old Mum had insisted on setting up a chart and a budget to make sure they didn't draw too much attention to themselves he sat at the bar in the place where they had tasted the alcohol that flowed his blood he didn't feel like going far for a nightcap and the bar itself was nearly empty because of all the damage but the booze was still there, so he was too. Glyn tasted wrong after the latest connotation, so he sipped a Jameson that cost too much and let himself wallow. He had met his soulmate, potentially. They'd never got to confirm it. Seeing the words you speak on the person you were destined to love forever is a special, important moment, and his saying was ripped for all to see at a moment he was about to be eaten by a scarab from the inside out. Plus, he hadn't even seen our death saying. He was denied that, too. He threw back the rest of his drink and tapped his fingers on the bar counter. Keep them coming, he said to the bartender.
1: That wasn't British. You gotta do that again.
0: No, I was, I was doing him drunk. I mean, if you want me a drunk British person, keep them coming. <laughs> keep them coming, he said to the bartender. You are like a camel, a familiar voice broke through his ears. Are, or do camels drink a lot? Are camels known to alcoholics?
1: Uh, camels drink a lot in one sitting, and then they store a lot in their humps for later use. I, I, am you
0: know, I'm just imagining a, a camel just shooting back bottles of Jameson, just like, <laughs> yeah. I get stop any time I want to.
1: Camel's like, this alcohol is gonna get me through the whole trip.
0: It's gonna get me through hump day. <laughs> <laughs> how romantic, Jonathan said without turning around. I'm swooning. Considering how you're drinking, it would be a possibility. Ardeth said as he sat down next to him on his right. The phrase, right hand man, repeated endlessly in the back of his head for some reason. What are you doing back here? He asked the Magi. <laughs> I don't know if that's too drunk. I don't know. That's just sounds like somebody with a lisp. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing back here? He asked the Magi. Last I recall, you left us in the desert. And you made it out fine. The Magi was unrepentant. But I. I wanted to be sure. No, beloved you, Jonathan relented, fingers clutched around his drink, but not actually taking it down. I, did you see my mock? Yes, I did, the desert man answered. Jonathan didn't know why he expected anything but honesty. I didn't expect my soulmate to be someone like you, Jonathan said. It wasn't even the realm of things to consider when I was 13. I was the only one in my village with an English kalmathur. Ardeth revealed. It started quite the conversation. Can I see? Jonathan blurted. He couldn't entirely promise that he wouldn't have said the same thing sober, but at least he could hide behind the whiskey, one of his favorite defenses. Wordlessly, Ardeth pulled up his sleeve, the dark robes nearly a perfect match to the ink that uncovered. Right below it was a faint scar, but all he could really see were the words he spoke. You're not going to kill us, Jonathan read aloud. He swallowed at the confirmation. I don't suppose there's anything to do about this. Do I? He wasn't sure that the sentence made sense, but he hoped the warrior understood. Ardeth said nothing.
1: You know, if someone came up to me and said, hey, do you want to see my words? And I'm like, sure, what are your words? And then they show them to me. I 100% would not be able to tell if those were the words that I had said to them. That's... That's
0: fair, but also his are very hyper specific.
1: His are very hyper specific, but I just wouldn't realize if I was the one who said those words. So, I think my strategy going into this would be every time someone said the words that were on my skin, I would immediately say "boom jiggly." <laughs> 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 so, so that way whoever my soulmate was would just have "boom jiggly" on their body somewhere. <laughs> oh
0: fuck (laughs) so you're just gonna be walking around like a little floozy just using your words however you want
1: (laughs) yeah yeah pretty much
0: you're putting your words on everybody
1: except the problem the problem is that if there was like a group of people (laughs) i was like (laughs) boom jiggly uh i wouldn't know if any of those people were my soulmate until i saw the words you know and
0: then you found out that in Egypt boom jiggly is actually a very common phrase to use. <laughs> like everybody uses that one. And you just get start sweating really nervous like uh <laughs> Our death said nothing. He just leaned over so lips pressed against Jonathan's cheeks for a soft, lingering beat. He swallowed the sensation of stubble against his own. It wasn't unpleasant at all. Hata Marastina tuablier Maratan Uraka, he murmured. I have no fucking clue what I just said.
1: So there's a note down. I don't know if you've read this note down here at the bottom of the story. Okay, I used Google Translate for the Arabic, and I completely acknowledge that all the words I used might be total nonsense. So I apologize. Here are the attended translations.
0: Well, it's a good thing I don't speak Arabic. Yeah. I can't can't argue.
1: So Kalmather is effective saying?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, like, it's the soulmate saying.
1: Okay, and that thing you just said, until our paths cross once more, my other half.
0: That's sweet.
1: Yeah, yeah, a lot of languages are just much more romantic than English. I would have said something like, I bet, see you later. <laughs>
0: I would have half expected the way the, the way the story is ending, it might have been like until the mummy returns
1: <laughs> <laughs> Until the Scorpion King. <laughs>
0: until the Dragon Emperor Jonathan said nothing, but turned his face so that their lips caught on each other as Ardeth pulled away. I, I don't know what that means, Jonathan said as Ardeth was no longer in his space. But I intend to find out. Ardeth smiled, a faint twisting of the lips. I'm sure you will. I hope this isn't the last time I see you, Jonathan admitted. This one he definitely planned on blaming on the whiskey. Ardeth pushed off the stool and pulled the sleeve back down. Knowing your luck, he said with a hint of humor in his voice, I'm sure it won't be. With that, Jonathan was left alone once more. And that ends Echoes of Stars by Gay Refrain.
1: So, we did three full episodes of Echoes of Stars. Um, almost 10,000 words, right? A little less. Like, uh, I, like think, 9, I think in total, it's,
0: I think it's 18,000 actually. So, it is 8,000 words. Um, apparently, I just read very slowly.
1: Yeah. So it's 8,000 You don't you words. Don't, no 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 don't you don't agree with that? <laughs> Shut <laughs> the fuck up. <laughs> it's it's 8,000 words of content and part of the reason why we we split it up into three is there was a lot more substance than just hey, let's fuck, right? But I I really enjoyed every episode we did of this one. Um I liked the story, I liked the writing. I had a I had a good time. Yeah, I
0: enjoyed it. It was I mean, it's definitely different than a lot of the stories we do on this because, you know, as much as we joke, there isn't just, like, several paragraphs of just, and then they fucked.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, it's not like the other stories are like, oh, and then they fucked. It's just there is uh, probably about 20 to 30 minutes straight of reading where it's just sexual acts being performed. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, you kind of, you have to, you know, you just get through those. This one there which was a-
0: by the way is a challenging thing in its own way. I think we've talked about this before. That
1: was very th- challenging. There's only so
0: many ways you can describe sexual acts and some of the ways to describe them are a little nasty. Yeah. <laughs> so, how do you describe them while still being like, "Oh yeah, this is this is uh hot."
1: Yeah, this is a romance. Yeah.
0: I really enjoyed the story. Uh I I wasn't sure how I th- was going to like react to the soulmate sayings when we first started reading, I didn't know how it was going to play out, but I do like, I mean, it is a bit of a retcon because obviously you see Jonathan's arm and it's not in the film. Yeah. But as far as a retcon goes, it's nice. It's subtle. It plays off of what happens in the movie and it kind of
1: does bring together characters together in romantic subplots. And I, I did not obviously watching the movie you don't get any romance between our Death and Jonathan, or at least I didn't know. But after reading the story, I kind of ship it.
0: Yeah, no, I know it's I kinda ship
1: it now. It's so. kinda
0: nice. Though I am like, Gay Refrain, you gotta write a you gotta write a sequel to this because uh you haven't, but I re I watched The Mummy Returns and I think there's even less time with Jonathan and our Death in that movie. In fact, at the end, I don't even think they cross paths at all really yeah no no, no. like our death is like in the middle of the desert fighting like a bunch of undead jackals and jonathan's like in the middle of a forest far away
1: damn yeah they need to so gay refrain you need to write a sequel to this bring our death and jonathan back I, I we've heard rick and evie's story a million times get us some more of that jonathan and our death
0: action yeah give me give me jonathan and posty any day I also want to say uh, it's not unusual to have tattoos retconned in the mummy films because in the second mummy film, Rick has a tattoo on his right arm that was definitely not there in the first. He could have gotten it in between. No, he says, he makes the statement I've had this since I was a kid. Huh. Because apparently Rick is actually a Medjai. It's the he All has right. the he <laughs> has the he has the mark of a magi. I'm being serious with you. <laughs>
1: Watch this movie, man.
0: Uh, also, uh, Naman uh comes back. Um, like she's actually a character in the second film,
1: the dead girl. Yes, okay.
0: Um, she actually um appears. Uh, there's like a reincarnation of her who both is and is not her own person. It's kinda weird. I would have to watch it with you and talk about it, but that happens. And it also turns out Evie is the reincarnation of Princess Nefertiti and uh, was like a rival to Anaxaman and the daughter of the pharaoh that was murdered. All of that happens. And I see you processing. I don't
1: know if I like that. I don't uh, it seems like a lot of Hollywood I don't I don't like that.
0: I I I'll be honest, so as far as the Mummy Returns, I know we're I know we're not even talking about the fanfic anymore, but as far as the Mummy Returns goes, I am not a fan of that subplot. Um, it kind of takes away.
1: I just want more Enotep.
0: Yeah, and I mean Enotep does show up.
1: And I know he does like cool, like he like he does like cool stuff, right? I, 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 I remember watching, I don't know if it was like return like Scorpion King or whatever, but I remember Enotep was like doing some crazy magic stuff and i was like oh sick the mummy's back he's returned
0: <laughs> uh honestly i don't think he does anything in the second movie that he doesn't do in the first damn we'll have watch it but guys in the meantime we want to thank airframe one final time for the story we have obviously enjoyed it we hope you enjoyed this last part and we also hope that you'll reach out to us. Um, either email us at looselycanonpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at looselycanon. And hopefully by the time this episode airs, we'll have set up some other socials. Um, we'll link these all in the show notes, as well as the link to Gay Refrain's story, Echoes of Stars. Once again, please share it. Kudos. Write comments. Let her know that you loved it.
1: We're, uh, we're always shitposting on Twitter. Yeah, and, I, and we're giving—we're always ship posting, and we we're shit like, aggressively on Twitter. Yeah, and we're we're giving like hints of what the next episode's gonna be. We talk about our other episodes. So, if you want more information, if you want, because Twitter's where we're gonna send out a lot of this stuff. So, if you want more info as to what we have coming up, maybe a possible unedited version of content on Patreon or something like that, mm-hmm. we'll send it out on Twitter. We'll we'll we will connect it all to you. Um, so follow our twitter if you want all that info
0: yeah exactly and always remember please share our podcast if you like it you love it support it share it with people let us know we would love to uh
1: justify dedicating more time to the podcast every day
0: which we do we do we we We, we.
1: (laughs) we spent so much time on this thing
0: but guys that's all we got for today uh we appreciate you guys joining us today we hope you have a wonderful day and we'll catch you next week
1: Catch you on... Definitely. Well, I'll, I'll let the outro say it. No, no, you don't want to do it? Let's do it together real quick. No, no, no. no, The, no. the outro's going to say it. Oh. Catch, catch you on the, the flip side. side! Thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Please rate and share our show on whatever platform you're listening on. A big thank you to our fanfic authors for giving us their wonderful stories to share with the world. Please give kudos and support to this week's entry through our show notes. This has been Loosely Cannon, and catch you on the flip side.